Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Kuf Yudches in Masechus Bebekama. We are on the first wide line on Kuf Yud Zayin Amud Beis, the two dots. You see, I'm not messing around today, Andrew. So a person was hurried... Uh-oh, here we go. There was a person who hurried and brought his donkey onto a ferry boat. Why was he hurrying? Because he wanted this donkey to be transported. Sometimes you bring your therapy pet onto the plane, and you don't want to be anybody to complain. Everybody, if they saw the donkey, they'd say, no way are you bringing this donkey, but this donkey got on before anyone else. And so before anybody else gets on the boat, he puts on the donkey, and the boat is filled with people. And boy, lat bouye. Uh, needless to say, boats and donkeys, especially if it's not such a big boat, do not mix, and the whole thing was going to capsize, the whole boat, by virtue of the donkey being there. So, also, who, Gavra? So, another dude fr- that's boarded the ship and sees that this donkey is about to capsize everyone, Malach Lechamra, Dahu Gavra, throws the donkey overboard, right? Vitava. And then the donkey drowns. Oh. So now that's the case that goes in front of Raba. Case is, they brought this donkey, he was going to kill all of us, so I threw the donkey overboard. Do you have, okay, so Baruch Hashem, everyone's lives were saved. But does the person who threw the donkey overboard have to pay for said donkey? So also look at me, Rabba, Patre. Rabba said, no, you don't have to pay for the donkey. But this is exactly the case that we were discussing yesterday, where you're saving yourself with the property of your friend, right? It would be like if uh, right, somebody comes to mug uh, somebody else, right? Somebody gets mugged, and uh, on your person you have uh, uh, your own stuff, and you have some your friend's things. And in order to save yourself from getting mugged, you give them your friend's things instead. So you'd have to pay in that situation for your friend's things. So why does this person not have to pay for the donkey? I'm a life. So Rabbi answered, "Hi, meikaro de fava. This donkey was technically a rodef, right? That's the it's a halachic concept of rodef because it says in the Torah itself, black on white, and that if somebody is coming to kill you, you're allowed to kill that person. So that donkey was considered worthless because that donkey was already a dead donkey by virtue of the fact that he was not that, that he was not allowed to be there as a rodef. Everybody had authority to kill him. Oh. So now, Rabbi Latameh, we say that Rabbi is consistent with him. Well, good morning, Garanowitz. We're about to get to the Mishnah on Kufi Zayin So Rabba says, Right, if there is a Rodef, what does a Rodef do, Barry? He's Rodef, right? So a Rodef that was chasing someone to kill him. So let's say the Rodef himself breaks Kalim. Potter, Shari Mishayev Benafsho. Fascinating halacha. The Rodef himself, because he is Chai of Misa, is um, exempt from any physical uh, property damage that he does along the way of pursuing. That's a fascinating idea. Because again, he is Chai of Misa already. So as a Rodef, and of course you'd have to verify that he's uh, running after somebody with intent to kill, but if he's doing so, then it's like a Kim Lehman Derabamine, right? That the that the liability of death is going to, right, overshadow, so to speak, and, and negate any other property damage that he does. And 
Conversely, so now, uh, a, a wild thing. The pursuer is running, and the pursued, the person who's being pursued, is throwing rocks at him, is trying to get away, and he's destroying the Rodave's stuff, right? The Rodave's coming after him, and he's tearing the Rodave's shirt and things, and he's throwing the Rodave's iPhone and breaking it. Potter, so you're Potter from that also, right? But that's for a different reason. That is Shaloye Mamono Chavivalav Megufo. Because, right, his money shouldn't be regarded more precious than his goof. What does that mean? It means that, right, the Rodef is allowed to be killed. So if the pursuer is allowed to be killed, then certainly you're allowed to destroy his stuff, right? You're trying to save yourself. So if you're allowed to kill him to try to save yourself, you're allowed to destroy his thing. So it's, a, it's not a Kim light, but it's a different reason. But again, the Rodef isn't high for anything that he's destroying, and the Nirdaf isn't high for anything of the Rodefs that he's destroying. Aval shell kol Adam. But what if the Nirdaf, in the, in the process of being pursued, breaks, you know, steps on someone else's iPhone and starts breaking things? Chai. For those things, he's going to be chai. Why? This concept of Rabbah, that you could save yourself, and in saving yourself, you certainly can do anything you need to do to the Rodef, but you can't start breaking Barry's and Andrew's things as you're being pursued because that's called trying to save yourself. So you can't just take, right, Andrew's sippy cup uh, that he brings every day and throw it at the guy and break the sippy cup. You could do that, but you're going to have to pay for that. Okay. Okay, and so now, what was the case if the, the pursuer is chasing another Rodef Right, so now it's Rodef, Rodef, Acha Rodef. So now you have a Rodef chasing somebody, and then somebody's chasing him to save the victim. Vishibar Kalim. So now you have a hero chasing and breaking Kalim. There he's Potter. But again, when you're talking about a hero chasing after a Rodef that's chasing after a victim, that is already outside of the halacha. He probably should be Chayev. But we say that he's Pater. Why? Because if we do not, uh, this is what we kind of call the Good Samaritan Law in America, right? If we had not allowed this hero to uh, save the victim from the Rodef, right? then nobody would, that's the Good Samaritan Law, that nobody would uh, chase after Rodefs if it weren't for the fact that we exonerated them from any financial liability. So you see that, Barry? The halacha is incentivizing uh, heroes and saying, guess what? If you're going to try to save people from rodefs, then we are going to potter you, says the chamim. We're going to potter you from uh, any financial liability for any damage that you do. Be that as it may, we see that in this case where right, if so, where a rodef could break the we see that he holds that that in this case Raba is consistent, right, with his with his halacha, right, because it's meikara rodef, and therefore the donkey is not going to have to be paid for. So that's the case of the donkey. And now, Goranowitz, we're on the Mishnah on Kofi Zayin. Seinfeld, uh, when they when they were overlooking them, you know, guy getting mugged, they stopped it. So the last thing they got arrested for not helping. 
Exactly. You, you, you have to try to be as helpful as you can. Here we go. Next Mishnah. Shtafanar. This is a, a, um, a wild case. Not really that wild. Somebody steals a field and the field gets destroyed. We talked about yesterday already. There's no Kenyan, uh, the, the Kenyan Gazela of fields is different than Metaltalin. A Kenyan Gazela of Metaltalin is it like really be- belongs to you and it's yours already. When you steal a field, however you do so, uh, if somebody steals Barry's field, it's still Barry. technically Barry's. So when that field gets flooded, Shtafan Nahar, so again, somebody attempted to steal Barry's field. And so now the thief has the field in sort of his domain, but it's still considered Barry's. And for that reason, the lacha is, Omer Lo, the person who stole Barry's field, says to Barry, I don't know, it's still your field. Well, unfortunately, the robber is correct. It is still Barry's field. And therefore, he doesn't have to pay you for the damage done to your field while he was, so to speak, attempting to claim that it was his. You see, that's the halacha, that he doesn't have to pay you for that, right? It remains yours, and Barry, and therefore you're the one that's going to incur the loss. Let, let's analyze this in the Gemara. It says the Gemara. So again, uh, Andrew, you're going to steal Barry's field today. I think it was the other way around yesterday. So Andrew and Barry, are their um, fields are next to each other. They're juxtaposed. And Andrew changes the boundary line all the way like 30 yards into Barry's field, says that's my field. And then sure enough, that area that Andrew claimed Right, gets destroyed by a river, a fire, whatever. holds that Andrew has to provide Barry with a replacement field. That's clearly against our Mishnah. Right? Our Mishnah is reflecting the view of the Chachamim where Andrew does not have to compensate Barry for the loss of the field by fire or water damage. What's the Machlokas? Umiuti. Okay. So now we're going to say the Rabbi Yezer holds that the reason why Andrew has to pay him is because he holds a riboy mute. What does it say? It says, Vachichesh Bamito is a riboy. A riboy mute in riboy is different than the Klaluprataklal. I'll say it outside first. A riboy mute is less limiting. So there's going to be more cases, right, where you're going to have to be. Where you're going to be acquired the field acquired through stealing. Let watch this. Says the pasuk, bechichesh ba'amito. That's the ribui. Okay, that's nefesh kitecheto malamal ba'ashem. It's vayikrahei bechichesh ba'amito bepikadon b'tzom b'siyadu begezel. Right. So what's happening in this case? It's how what can you steal? Says that pasuk. What are you able to steal? Okay. So the ribui is that even land can be acquired through stealing. And so you see what's happening here, Andrew? There is a machlokas as to whether there's kinyane gazela by land. That would be the machlokas. Because if there's kinyane gazela by land, then when Andrew moved his boundary, he acquired Barry's field. And therefore, if he acquired Barry's field, then whatever would have happened to said field, right, would be Andrew's responsibility to return to Barry, right? However, if he did not acquire Barry's field, so then, of course... It was always Barry's, and then whatever happened, it would, it would not be Andrew's uh, responsibility to compensate him. Anyways, so it says, I read the Pasuk, and the Pasuk has a ribuy and a miu. The ribuy is v'chichesh ba'amito. It just says he lies. It doesn't say what the loan is, what the idea is. It just says anything, so that could include land. That's the ribuy. Then pipikadon 
continues the Gemara. Mi'et, as the Pasa continues, it says, it has to be pikadon, okay, so pikadon is something very specific. Right, a collateral is just a very specific thing, so that teaches you not everything can be acquired by gazela. Oh, mikol asher yishava alav l'sheker. Mikol asher yishava alav l'sheker, chazavaribe. Is again, a amplifying thing that's saying that's more things. Kol asher yishava So again, the, the beginning is talking about just about anything you could steal. The end is talking about you could steal anything, anything that you would swear falsely about. And in the middle has this pikadon that's a miut. So all that teaches you is what? Some things are stealable and some things cannot be stolen. And so what is it? Says the Gemara, Ribe umiyet Ribe, right? Where with the general and then the specific and then the general, Ribe hakol, right? So what's included in everything? Umay rabbi, rabbi kol mile. It includes everything, even land. So it sounds like when it's actually including everything, it says everything stolen thing is a, a truly acquired and thus must be returned. Umay miet, and what's the limitation? When it says the pikadon, miet staros. Okay, so again, Rabbi Yezer holds that what is excluded is documents. Why Shtaros? Last Rashi and Kufi Zayin with Beis. Shein Gufon Mamon, right? Because Shtaros, the money, the Shtar itself is, isn't worth more than the paper it's written on, right? The Yoiv Leini Yarab Alma. It's just paper. So what you have here is the idea of Eliezer that land can be stolen. Ooh, right? The only thing that can't be stolen is a Shtar. Because what did you steal? That's, that's paper by Alma. Right, so that's the most dissimilar to an object would be a star, right? Land is still tangible assets, and so that can in fact be stolen. If it can be stolen, then that's the reason why Andrew would be chayav for it. However, the Rabbanon Darshi Klaleprates, you see, the Klaleprates is a different kind of thing. It's very similar in structure, right? It's general specific general, but Klaleprat Enodan Keela Prat. What's the difference? That it's not just this vague oh. We have this expansion and then limitation. It's more specific. It has to be ke'en aprat. The limitation is going to include more things because it's going to have to be limited to things that are more similar to the prat. So we're learning something about the hermeneutics of how to learn the psukim, right? Because they're going to learn the same pasuk as follows. They're going to say this pasuk isn't a riboy miut riboy. It is a klal uprat uklal. Well, let's see. Bechichesh, again, klal. It's not a riboy, it's a klal. But pikadon prat. And when it says pikadon, it doesn't mean Mute. It means a actual prat. Oh, mikol chazar v'klal. So now we have the generalization, the prat, and then the generalization. This is a klal prat to klal. And how do, what's the um, halacha? How do we approach a klal prat to klal? E atadan ela ke'en ha-prat. So now we're going to say that everything's going to have to be like a pikadon. You only treat it like the pikadon. In what way, right? So that's how we get abstract and we say, what is it about a pikadon? Says the Gemara. Maha prat dover mitaltal v'gufo mamon. Okay. So now, Pikadon has two aspects to it. Not only is it money with intrinsic value, unlike Shtaros, right? But it's also a Dover Mitaltel, which is going to exclude land, right? It's a, a movable item. Af called Dover Mitaltel, Gufa Mamon. So only those things, in order to be stolen, you need to have two criteria. Like Pikadon has to be movable and has to be intrinsically valuable. So Yatsu Karkos. Karkos is not movable, right? Chain Mitaltelin. Yatsu avadim, and avadim, we've had this discussion many times. Are they like karka? Are they not like karka? In some ways they are, some ways they're not. They're considered in this context something that you cannot steal, okay? In Yatsu Shtaros, this is a Chachamim Shita, Shtaros, they're going to agree with everybody else. The Shtaros, nobody thinks you could steal. She'af apishimitatalin, it's true that you can take a Shtar, but ain't gufon mamon, and for that reason you would not be able to steal it. 
what's going on, therefore, the Chachamim hold that uh, Karka cannot be stolen because it's not like a Pikadon, and therefore, when Andrew was patching around with the boundary line, he was doing Gurnish mit Gurnish, he didn't accomplish anything, and therefore, when the winds and the seas <coughs> flooded it, um, Barry absorbed all of that loss. Now, Vahadatanya, but we have a Bryce that says, a Goizel Sapar Shtafanar, Chayvlamid Lopara. We have a Brysa. What's, what's troubling us about that Brysa is that it's talking about a cow. Now, a cow is neither Shtar, nor Karkar, nor Evid. And yet, we have the same Machlokas, Rabbi Liazor, and Chachalamim. Uh-oh. Right? So, 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 Andrew, for whatever reason, steal Barry's cow. Okay. Shtafanar, Chayvlamid Lopara. So, it says that Andrew, according to Rabbi Liazor, according to Rabbi Liazor, Andrew has to re- has to compensate Barry for the cow. And the Chachamim say that Andrew does not have to pay for the cow. Well, wait a minute. You just, we just had a beautiful analysis of what this would mean with regards to Karka. But none of that had to do with a cow. A cow seems like straight up metatalin. So could it be the Rebbe and the Chachamim that seem to have the same parallel machlokas in the Baraisa about a cow are actually arguing about something else there over a cow? And thus, maybe arguing about something else here, even in the case of Karka. So, Rav Papa comes to the rescue. Now, the cow in question is still the cow that was grazing on the field that Andrew re- uh, reappropriated or took from, tried to take from Barry. And therefore, it was that cow that was grazing in Barry's land that Andrew tries to steal. That was the cow in question. And therefore, it was just considered part of the land. The Rabbi Lezer Latamei and Rabbanan Latamayu. And they're still consistent with their own opinions, not with respect to the cow, but simply, are you liable for any damage sustained on the field? And the cow would just be part of that damage. And therefore, it's not really an argument about the cow. It's still the same argument that we said about the field. And again, that argument is based on Emachlokas and how to read the Pasuk in Vayikra. And whether it's a uh, ribui, uh, mi'ut ribui, or a klal upratu klal. Very good. So now we're going to do some rapid fire mishnayos. Ready, Goranowitz? Yeah. Let's go. So you're back. He's not really stealing his friend. He's stealing from his friend. Borrows money. Or make, gives him a pikadon. Okay, so this is going to be the giving back of something, right? When the person steals or borrows money, right? So he's a, he's a good dude, not a thief, or uh, gives him a, right, a deposit, but now he has to return it. So when you return any one of these things, where do you return it? But you should, if you're giving it to him in his house, it has to be a populated area. You ever have like a, a case where somebody borrowed money from you? And like they're giving it back to you while in the middle of skydiving, you know what I mean? Like maybe not now. Like now is not the time, right? I can't. Uh, I don't want to accept this now. I'm gonna. This is gonna fly away, right? Andrew is nodding. He he he's had this happen all the time. So loyach's a little bit midbar. Sometimes it's an inconvenient time to return the thing. There is a time and place even for returning of stolen things or borrowed things. Amenas let's say it's been midbar. However. And the Gemara is going to discuss what this clause means. This is a little bit hard to understand. If he accepted the money on the condition that he can go and return it in the midbar, then he also a little bit midbar. The Gemara is going to say, Pshita, what do you mean? If that was the condition, 
then we allow you to return it in the midbar. Why? Well, of course, if you made that condition when you borrowed, let's say money, let's say I borrowed money from Andrew, I say, on the condition that I can return to you anywhere, or on a Ferris wheel, or in skydiving, or in a desert, then of course we already agreed on that. So of course I'd be able to do that. Be that as it may, we'll see what the Gemara means. Buriminu. So the Gemara is explaining the mission as follows. First of all, it says in the Brisa, Milva Mishlamis called Makom. It sounds like you can return a loan anywhere. So we see that in the Brisa, it sounds like where, where there, whereas it's true that a lost object or a picadon has to be brought back and like bring it back to Andrew's house, a loan you could pay back anywhere. So that's in contrast with our Mishnah that wants a loan also paid back in the house. It doesn't mean that you could pay back a loan anywhere, but rather it means that Andrew can demand his payback anywhere, right? In other words, Andrew, when we are on our bro trip that we should really go on, right, we could be around the campfire, he can ask for his money back. He's allowed to do that, right? Because it only works in the opposite direction, right? I don't, I, Andrew was nice enough to lend me money, right? So uh, it would be weird for me to, give him back the money while we're horseback riding in the Adirondacks and like it's going to fall out of his pocket. But he's allowed to ask for it in the Adirondacks. Like that's his issue. If I pay him and it falls out of his pocket, why do I care, right? It's Lugitas. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so he says, Aveda Now, that's why the loan you could ask for anywhere, right? But you can only demand, but Andrew... If you're demanding something that you lost or a mashkon, then, then you yourself, right, you shouldn't be able to demand that there. But be that as it may, it's not a contradiction to our mission. It has to do with when you can demand it back. Now, why you can only demand, right, a lost article there is because it has to do with, right, who's doing the kindness here, right? Who's doing the favor? That's the thing, right, Barry? In other words, it, the person who's doing the favor can demand it on the road trip. Or right, but but if you but if I'm doing you the favor, I'm returning you an object uh, that I found of yours, so that I could set the terms. That's that's basically what it means. Okay, but but it's not contradicting to our Mishnah because in our Mishnah, it's not the person doing the favor; it's the person who is uh, returning the favor. Okay, okay. Now back to this midbar thing. I'm not say it's midbar. The Gemara asks Pita, as we said, as advertised. You know, this is obvious. Uh, we made a stipulation. So, of course, if we make a stipulation, we could overrule this, Mishnah. says the Gemara, Tzricha. We still have to learn it, the Amar Lei, because here's exactly the case, right? So, um, let's say Andrew leaves a deposit with me and says to me, Keep it in your house, because we're about to go on our bro trip. And then I said back to Andrew, Yeah, but I'm coming with you. Right? We're all going together. It's a, it's, it's a Dafyomi bro trip with Moshe Aziz. Of course we're all going. So, If I want to return it to you there, I'll return it to you there. Right? Oh, okay. So it sounds like that's where I can compel you in that moment, Andrew, to return it to you on our trip. That's what I'm saying. Uh, right, and Rashi explains, because it wasn't really like we sat down and drew up a contract, right? Because then, of course, it would be obvious. But it's kind of like Chazal saying, all right, if you're all going on the trip together, then it's almost like you're agreeing um, 
you know, you were going on this trip reluctantly anyway, Andrew, but once you agreed to go on this trip, so you're agreeing to all these other weird things that, of course, are going to happen, that we're going to end up eating a lot of flashics which you don't need, and I'm going to be returning you the money you need. It's, it's a lot of things that you're not going to be interested in. But the bottom line is you're in on it, you're in on it already, and therefore that's quite, oh, sort of like an umbrella, right, um, resignation to all the Mishagas that's going to go on, okay, including me returning your picadon on this trip, okay? All right, next Mishnah. Omer Chavero Gizalticha. All right, so this is somebody's volunteering and he's saying, Granowitz, I, I stole from you. Helvisani. Or he says, You lent me money. If God the Or he says that you have a picadon with me. Right? Chayev Lashalim. So this is a fascinating thing. I, I uh, volunteer to Granowitz telling him that I stole from him. He was not aware of it. Wow. Well, but I tell him that I did. I said, Granowitz, I stole from you and I don't remember whether I returned it or not. So I have to now pay you. I've become obligated to pay you by my admission that I stole. But if I just volunteer this information, you had no idea anything was taken from you. And I say to you, I can't remember, I may have stolen from you. So now that theft never really gets off the ground. Right? In other words, if I, the mission is saying that if I am sure that I stole, I'm just not sure if I returned, then I have to pay you. But if I'm not sure if I stole in the first place, then I don't have to, right? As the Mishnah says, Right, that's the difference. Um, so, Itmar, the Gemara says, There's a machlok of Samurai. Andrew says you owe me to me that I owe him $100. And I say, I don't, I don't know about that. Ravuna, Ravuna, he would say that I'm chayev to pay Andrew. say, that I'm not chayv to pay Andrew. Well, I'm not chayv to pay Andrew. Well, here's the reasoning. Ravuna Rehuda Amri Chayev, that makes sense, right? Ravuna Rehuda say, I have to pay Andrew because Bari Vashem and Bari Adif, right? Andrew certainly remembers. So he's telling me I owe him. I don't remember anything when it comes to this stuff. So, of course, Andrew is correct, right? He's a Bari, which is to say he's certain. Vashemah, I uh, can't remember at all. So, of course, Andrew's claim is stronger. Why would Rav Nachman say that I don't have to pay him? Right, we have this competing idea. I am holding the money. Right? We say that a person who has the money, possession is nine-tenths of the law, right? So how can you extract money from me if I don't remember whether I owe it to you? So which is going to win out, Barry? The fact that I, the money is in my possession and therefore maybe it should stay there if I'm not sure I owe it to him? Or the fact that Andrew has a stronger claim because he remembers it and I don't remember. What should win out? That's the machlokas. Amazing, right? So, it's not. So, our Mishnah, should it be conclusive? Our Mishnah says, <laughs> Right, what's the case? Right, so let's keep it me and Andrew. I say to Andrew, uh, I don't know whether you lent me the money in the first place. And there we say that I'm Potter from paying you. So, did Andrew... Say anything or not. Well, if you're going to say that Andrew never came, uh, made a claim, so we see we have the, the Rasha and the safe of the Mishnah, right? In the Rasha, I'm conceding for sure that I stole from Andrew. But in the Seifa, I don't remember anything of this. So if you're going to say that Andrew, in either case, was silent, he never brought anything up in Shul. He's very dignified that way. So then that would be true of the Rasha and the Seifa. And then, if that's true, then am I chayiv? In other words, why would I be chayiv uh, at all, right? 
if, if neither of us are certain that I owe him the money, it has to be that Andrew is actually asking for the money. And still, the, the Mishnah is giving you a, right, a chiddish, that in the case where I doubt whether I ever borrowed the money in the first place, that I'm going to be potter. That's the chiddish of Mishnah. So in other words, our Mishnah is talking about when Andrew actually asks for the money. Well, that's against Rav Huna and Rav Yehuda. Because Rav Huna, Rav Huna and Rav Yehuda are going to say that Andrew asked for the money and I said I didn't know and it should be Bari Adif in that case according to Rav Huna and Rav Yehuda. So the Gemara says, Lo, lo, om de It has to be not like Rav Huna and Rav Yehuda. It has, it, has, it has to be like Rav Huna and Rav Yehuda. In other words, if Rav Huna and Rav Yehuda are right, then Bari Vashem and Bari Adif, our Mishnah would not make sense. But No. It's not the case where Bari Vishem Bari Adif, because it must be a case where Andrew did not ask for the money, our Mishnah, and therefore Varesha Balatse Sudesha Mayim. It has to be that in the first case, you don't really chive anything, right? In other words, the case must be, and it sounds like this in the Mishnah indeed, that nobody, Andrew didn't ask for anything. I came over to Andrew and volunteered the information. So if I volunteer the information, why would I be chive? In any scenario. So the answer is, it's not that I'm chayev, not that Andrew to take me to court or anything like that. I am coming to Andrew and I say, Andrew, I distinctly remember borrowing money for you simply because I don't want to owe anything at the end of the day. That's what we're trying to avoid. I would never want to steal anything from you. And therefore, that's why I'm informing you. But you can never take me to Bezdin off of that information, right? I just want to make sure that when everything's counted up at the end of the day, that I am absolved from any obligation. So that's a different set of halachas, right? And so the Gemara, it manami, this is, this is consistent because Amar B'chia Barabar, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, right? They quoted Rabbi Yochanan when he gave Shir about this. He said, I say to Andrew, by the way, I, um, I rather, Andrew says to me that I owe money, and I say, I'd be chayev. Right? It's an interesting case where Bari Vishema, right, should be chayev, and that's talking about when I'm trying to. So again, if one says, this, says you owe me a mana, so that case he's actually being tovea. Okay? Uh, but be that as it may, right, if you, if you want to fulfill Bidei Shemaim, you certainly have to pay. And that context, I suppose, is a, um, is a support for that shot in our Mishnah. I mean, it's Meduyak in the Mishnah. The Mishnah sounds like I came to Andrew out of the blue. So if I came to Andrew out of the blue and volunteered the information, of course I wouldn't be Chayev, right? Um, and so it sounds like categorically, <laughs> right, when there's no presumption of, li- of liability, we're going to say that you're going to be Chayev. So that's really the issue. If, if you, in fact, they have no reason to think there's a presumption of liability, the chiv comes, again, not from actual liability that would hold up in court, but rather from chiv li shamaim. There, even in the absence of a claim, bari v'shema would be bari adif. That's the case, right? So you see, and uh, Barry, just to clarify, the tension between bari v'shema and bari adif and muchzak on the money, right, those would give two different halachas. That tension only exists in court, because I have the money, and court can't just extract money from me just because, according to, right, according to Nachman, they can't extract money from me just because Andrew seems more certain than I am. Not in a court of law, right, but in the heavenly court, the fact that I have something doesn't mean anything, right? It's more like, 
what, what's the right thing to do in the eyes of heaven? And there, we don't have this concept of a muchzuk. It's a, it's a fascinating abstract idea because muchzuk is something that we can't just extract money from people on, down here on this earth. But up in Shemaim, it's just a question of what the truth is, right? So that's a, it's a bari v'shema is distilled out, right? It carries the day. It has nothing, uh, no bearing on the muchzuk. And so I think it's cool. Anyway. Mishnah 13 lines up. Okay, somebody steams a lamb from a fly. This is a fascinating idea. This is the, the shy thief, Garanowitz. A guy steals and has a change of heart and he's embarrassed, right? The self-conscious thief. He's embarrassed, so he wants to return it before anybody noticed that he stole it. And so what happens if something happens? And what happens if Andrew, uh, we're stealing from Andrew today. So what happens if he notices? Does it matter if he notices or not? What, do I have to like inform him that I stole it and I returned it? So that's a fascinating concept of a mission. It's going to take us to the end here. Okay, so here we go. I steal one of Andrew's lemelos, vehich zero, and I return it because I'm self-conscious. I don't want him to ever know. I'm so humiliated. Mesa Nignav. And subsequently, fascinating, something happened to that same lamb. Let's say it died or was stolen. Chayev ba'achoryuso. I have to go and tell Andrew that really I'm chayev. Wait, why would I be chayev? I returned it. Rashi, first Rashi of the Mishnah. The Mechiganva Kim say when I stole it from Andrew, now it's mine. The Hashava, right? The Avad, Lav Hashavahi. And that's not a real Hashava. Until I notify Andrew. So you see what happened? I steal a lamb from Andrew. I don't tell him. I've acquired this lamb. Just because I shove the lemela back into the herd, because I'm humiliated and I'm self-conscious, I'm not going to tell Andrew that's the whole point that I returned it because I didn't want Andrew to know that I ever took it. But guess what? That's my lemelet. And then I find out, sure enough, the lamb got across the street and got run over. I now have to go and confess to Andrew, don't worry, that was my lamb and I have to pay him then. Isn't that amazing? Wow. So wait a minute. If Andrew was not ever aware that I took it or returned it, and he counts, he's very conscientious, he counts his, his flock every day, and he sees he has a full flock, potter. Then, I'm not chayv. Why? So there, Rashi again explains, He doesn't have to know that I took it and that I returned it. He doesn't need to know the specific specifics. He just needs, excuse me, to know that it was returned altogether. Once he knows that it was returned, then it's enough uh, to consider that it was returned, and therefore, I would be potter. So I'm a Rav. Ladas. So Rav says this Ladas Tzarech Das. If it was stolen with Andrew's awareness, then it has to be returned with Andrew's awareness. That's what Rashi is explaining, right? If Andrew notices that the sheep was stolen, I have to also notify him when I return it. And if I don't know it, so this is going to be a four-way machlokas. Rav, Shmuel, Rabbi Yochanan, and Rav So let's hold this together here. Rav holds what? That Afagav, as Rashi explains, the manu esatzon, v'hishlema, adayin chayev ba'echoryusa. Right? That it's a, it's a shita, not like, not so much like our Mishnah, right? Sounds like that the came of the yada havale gazela gemura v'inan hashava maliyusa. It's the language that Rashi uses. Gemura, maliyusa, as follows. If I notify Andrew that I stole it, uh, or rather, if, uh, if Andrew, again, he's conscientious, he's counting his sheep all the time. He's always counting sheep, even though he never sleeps. So he's counting she- his sheep all the time. 
And so therefore, when he notices that it's missing, he's going to need, as Rashi explains, Rav, he's going to need to be notified, right? So if he's not notified, it's not considered returned. So again, Ladas Tzarech Das, if he knows that it's getting uh, stolen, he needs to be notified that it's getting returned. Shalol Ladas, Minyan Poter. However, if he never noticed that it was stolen, then counting is going to be enough. Him counting is going to be enough to be Pater up and to be considered returned. And so, according to that, when the Mishnah says that he counts the flock and it's considered conceived, uh, com- complete, he's exempt, that's talking about to the second clause in the Mishnah, right? Not to both. Because again, in the first one, uh, I steal it and return it before anybody notices. And then I have to be Chayev, right? Because he wasn't aware of it, right? However, in the second one, he did count it. And therefore, when he counted it, he was aware of it, and therefore I'm Potter. Okay, that is Rav in our mission. That actually fits. Shmuel Amar Bein Ladas Ben Shalodas Minyan Potter. Shmuel says that regardless of whether it was stolen with Andrew's knowledge, once he counts it, it's considered returned. Right? And therefore, when the Mishnah says that Andrew counting it makes the thief Potter for having returned it, it's both in the first and the second case, regardless of whether he was aware of the theft. And the third opinion is Rabbi Yochanan Omer Ladas, that if it was taken with Andrew's knowledge, then Minyan Poter, that's true, that Andrew counting it later is going to potter me. Shalol Ladas, but if it was taken without his knowledge, I feel a Minyan Nami Lotzarch. Then if he never was none the wiser, he never knew that I took it, never knew that I returned it, he doesn't, he doesn't even have to count it. I'm going to be potter. He never knew. So when are we talking about Monus Atzon Vishlema? That when he counts it, I am exempt? That's a ratio. That's referring to. Right, the case of where he knew that one of his animals was stolen in the ratio. And finally, Rav Chista Amar, we're going to kick Rav Chista around a lot here, Ladas, if Andrew knew that it was stolen, Minyan Poter, then it's when the counting it is going to be Poter. Shalol Ladas, Tzarech Das. If he didn't know, right, then I have to tell Andrew that it was returned. So that's counterintuitive. Why do I have to tell Andrew that it was returned only if I took it without his knowledge? We'll see. And when we say, right, that he counted the sheep and found that it was complete, it's talking only on the ratio, right? Where was Midas? Amazingly, right, counting sheep might not help. In other words, just counting the sheep afterwards, if I never notified him, if I never notified Andrew that I took it, right, might not help. Wow. How so? So I'm a rabbi. is going to explain Rav Chista. He says the following: My time of Chista, hol ve'anakta nigrei brayasa. As we return to Kufi Chesan Beis, because when you have a stolen animal, I I told I if if yeah, it's like this: If Andrew's aware that an animal was stolen, he knows that that animal is going to need more protection, as Rashi explains. Because after all, now that the animal's tasted freedom, it's going to be a flight risk, and Andrew needs to be notified of that. So that's an amazing thing. I've compromised Andrew's animal, according to Rav Chista. Rav is explaining Rav Chista. I've compromised it by taking it. So just by taking it without your knowledge, I need to notify you about that. You have a different animal now. That's a flight risk animal. A man who saw a buddy lift a sheep from his flock with intent to steal it. So Andrew yells out into the field, Hey, thief, stop, thief. And the thief throws it down. And now Andrew doesn't know. Did he return it or not? I didn't see. It was too far away. And then, right, the animals died or were stolen. So the thief is responsible. 
doesn't this mean that Andrew was aware? In other words, Andrew knew something happened, and yet he's still chayev, right? Even though he counted the flock, says the Gemara, lo, the lomai. It has to be a case where you didn't count the flock, and it's for that reason that Andrew did not, um, that, 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 um, that the um, thief is going to be chayev. Okay. <coughs> now let's look at Rav. So again, we have Rav, Shmuel, Rabbi Yochanan, and Rav Chista. So Rav says that Ladas Sarchtat, Right? It sounds like if the thief returns a lamb in the desert, right, there's no notification, no counting at all. He has, it's considered a return. That's the case, a very unique case. It's a spotted lamb. Okay, so that you don't need to notify. Andrew has his favorite leopard skin lamb. That one he knows right away. That you don't need notification, you don't need counting. He knew it was missing and he knew when it was returned. So that one's okay. That's considered returned. So it's a fascinating thing, Barry. You think that the obligation's on the thief, but really it's like a question of Andrew's knowledge of the returning that makes it return according to Rob. Now, eight lines down, Lema Katanai. Maybe this form of Machlokas um, actually has a Machlokas Tanai as follows. The Bryce says, mm-hmm. A person steals. Right, a sheep from the flock, or sell, or or um, money out of a purse. The makom shagana biyatir. Return it to where you stole it. Divrei Shmuel. Shmuel says, as soon as you re- return it, it's considered returned. Right, you don't have to notify anybody. That's Rabbi Shmuel. It's a fascinating machlokas. Does Andrew need to be aware of the return in order for the return to be considered valid? Okay. So those who have the analogy. Assumed that both Rabbi Yishmael and Rabbi Kiva agree with Rabbi Yitzchak. What did Rabbi Yitzchak say? Andrew's always checking his pockets. Therefore, if he's always checking his pockets, so again, this is what we were just saying. It has to do with Andrew's knowledge, not with my notification of Andrew. So if Andrew's always checking his pockets, uh, so then he's notified himself, right? He's aware of what's going on. My love, Besela, Das, have looked at the Shmuel. Does that mean that with the Sela, that was stolen with Andrew's awareness, are they disputing that machlokas of Rav and Shmuel, right? The first two opinions, that it's where Rav says it has to be Ladas, and Shmuel says, Bein Midas, Bein Shalomidas, right? So he says, no, but Ladas, No, it could be that, no, that's talking about Shalomidas, right? And it's not the machlokas, because we have the four opinions, not machlokas Rav and Shmuel, but rather, if you noticed, Right about the case where it was Shalomi does. Okay, so Amar Bzvid Mishmei the Rava Begonim Mishus Balim Kula Amal Pligikirachista. That when in the case where the lamb is stealed from Andrew's domain, right, his Rishus without any awareness, everybody's agree with Rishista that you need to notify him when you return it. The Machlokas Yishmael and Rabbi Kiva is a different case. It's a case of a Shomer who decided while he was watching the thing that he wants to keep it. Well, wait a minute. So he wants to keep it and, he, and from his own Rishus, can he return it to where he stole it from? <coughs> there, Rabbi Kiva Savar Kalsal Shmiraso, Rabbi Shmuel Savar Lo Shmiraso. It's an isolated Machlokas where Rabbi Kiva holds that the Shmira terminates once he decides to thief. And therefore, he now has turned from a shomer to a thief, and he has to notify Andrew of that. Whereas Rabbi Shmuel simply holds that it, he's still a shomer despite his nefarious thoughts, and therefore, just if he's still a shomer, 
then just the return is going to suffice. Okay. So says the Gemara, Lema minyan poter tanoihi. How about this idea of minyan poter that we had a machlokas about? Is that a machlokas tanoim? Whether Andrew counting it is going to be considered enough to be a return? The Tanya, this is a different case where I steal something from Andrew. I'm embarrassed to tell him. But then, like, he, he gives me, he does me a favor, and I do him a favor, and I throw back in the favor, hivlia, swallowed up in that favor is also the money that I'm giving him back, and I'm trying to give it to him that way. Is that count? Tani chadi yatsev, tani idach lo yatsev. One, Tana says, I am yotze with my return of this theft, and one, not. So they hold, everybody agrees with Yitzchak, who said, Adam Asin, the master of Yitzchak, who called Shavashah. Right, really, Andrew always is aware how much money he has in his pocket. So my love, the man, Therefore, the machlokas would be when Andrew does in fact count how much money is in his pocket. So by returning to him, and now Andrew realizes that he's whole, does that make me potter or not? So one opinion is yes, the other opinion is no, and it is for that reason that if I add on a little extra, he, I actually would be potter because Andrew knows exactly how much he has. Says the Gemara, Amr Yisrael Akher Yitzchak Kule Amal Pligi the Minyan Potter. If you have like Rabbi Yitzchak that, that Andrew's counting all the time, everyone's going to agree that, that him counting is going to potter me. Machlokas is not uh, with the assumption that, the Machlokas isn't about the assumption of Rabbi Yitzchak. The Machlokas is, do we hold of Rabbi Yitzchak? Is it true that Andrew's always counting it in his pocket? Or you could say, everybody holds like a Yitzchak. One case is talking about where he counted the money and put it in, in Andrew's purse, and the other one is when he counted the money and put it in his hand. So again, all these permutations of what the machlokas might be. If I put it in Andrew's hand, obviously I've returned it, right? One say, how the Isla Zuza Achrina Bakise, how the Lesa Zuza Achrina Bakise, right? That could also be a factor. What is the case in the Brysa? Does Andrew have other money in his purse that would actually, right, confuse the count or not? That could be the Machlokas, and therefore it's not necessarily relevant to the essential Machlokas that we have about how much do you need to notify a, somebody you stole from when you return it to them. So let's, Bezrat Hashem, resume with the Mishnah on Kufir Chesamid Bays in the middle tomorrow.